Welcome again to Escape from Plan A. Uh, this is your host, Teen. Uh, skip off. I mean, we did all this whole intro thing. and uh, <laughs> I got Jong. Jong, what's going on, man? <laughs> Coming all the way hey, in Hawaii. Uh, yeah, uh, sounds great. Thanks. Cool. Uh, and then special <laughs> guest, uh, uh, Kyle, what's going on? Kyle. Hey, how's it going? Glad Kyle, to be here. I know from Twitter as the Beef Hoagie Guarantee. Exactly. I'm not going to drop into your DMs. Not going to bug you with pedantic questions. That's the beef hoagie guarantee. Very nice. Top 10%. All right. So what happened was we had we actually recorded a pretty good like 45 minutes on this topic that we're going to discuss today. But but, but I fucked up because we have like a we have this new rivers, like Riverside interface. I don't know how to fucking use it. So I'll keep my eye this time to make sure that we are recording, in fact, uh, before I go on for too long. But I think we're all recording so we can do this without fear of losing it. Uh, the topic is, and I think, uh, Kyle, you kind of r- brought this to mind as we were talking online. Yeah. Um, the idea I had was like, you know, we talk a lot about the relationship of white men and Asian women uh, online. Asian people talk about that all day, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and we don't really talk about the realities that go into the relationship between white men and Asian men. And that's a big fucking topic, you know, because we're co- we're uh, we're coworkers, we're classmates, uh, you know, we're childhood friends, all this stuff. And you know, it rarely I talked about like you know last time we just co- cover kind of where we got to because I thought what we were talking was really interesting. But mm-hmm. um, I thought the one as far as like work colleagues go, like one of the most interesting depictions of it in popular culture was in Harold and Kumar. Remember where Harold mm. worked at the investment bank and those two like somewhat like slightly senior white dudes would just fucking hassle him all the time and make him stay on the weekend and do his work and all that shit, you know? Yeah. Force them to force him to do their work. <laughs> that stuck yeah. out to me. I still remember that. Yeah, exactly. And and uh but it's so rarely discussed, like, you know, on uh online or even in, in media rep. And I I, I just mm-hmm thought it was weird but that that they didn't go that we don't go as much into it as we do because i just think it's a big uh it's just a big unspoken thing so we cover it today and then um it's kind of fuck because we told these stories and i don't really want to tell them (laughs) (laughs) yeah dude (laughs) kind of a bummer uh, but we'll just try. I'm trying to like fast forward for, from where we were to where we got to yeah and I was i had told you guys about how i worked at this australian uh company this australian bank and it was like super racist but in a way where uh i was allowed to be a part of it an equal part of it you mm-hmm. know but the nature of the social dynamic was still very white or entirely white and totally mm-hmm. fucking racist and i said like after two years of that this other chinese american guy got hired as a pretty senior guy and then Within a few weeks, he had a meeting with me one on one and was like, "This, do you think this place is very racist?" And I was like, "Uh, they're just um more upfront about it. I don't know if they're more racist than Americans, but they just don't hide it as much. That's the yeah. thing they always say about Australia. Oh, they just don't hide it. They're right? more honest. Yeah, as if that's like somehow better that they don't <laughs> even bother hiding it. Right. Uh, and he was Fuck like, social "Dude, rules. yeah." He was like, "Dude, no." 
this place is pretty fucking racist. And that was the first time I had actually, you know, it's so easy for uh, Asian guys online to be like, oh, yeah, you know, I know how this works. You know, if that ever happened to me, I'd say, fuck you. Absolutely. You know, and then it actually happens to you. And you and don't like, even oh, know shit, what's what happening do I do? Yeah. yeah, you don't even, you don't know what to do because you've been slowly. It's uh, been slow. It's accepting slow. it and getting used mm-hmm. to it, you know. Uh, it wasn't like a quick, holy shit, like that's fucked up what I'm going to do. Yeah, like, like a gradual st- pushing of boundaries where like when you look in retrospect, you're like, damn, that those boundaries moved a lot over time. You were saying you experienced yeah. this in college, right, Kyle? Like with your, or was it high school that you? Kind I, of had yeah. This? So I, I guess my trajectory was a bit different than like a lot of the stories that I hear from like the children of immigrants who are Asian. Um, well, I mean, I guess, I guess a lot of children of immigrants grow up in places uh, that are white, but I mean, at least with the Asian American adults that I know and associate with now, most of them grew up among Asian people. Or they grew up in enclaves where they had easy access to people that look like them and sort of community centers and things like that to be able to just sort of naturalize the notion of being Asian or being Korean or being Chinese American. Um, And I guess for me, I didn't have that at all. And it was sort of like without that humanizing exposure to people that don't see you through a racial lens. And you're only around people who just base their perceptions of you around what they've heard in media, just to sort of fill in the gaps in their brain. Um, Yeah, it was just very dehumanizing because people are not coming to me as like a human being like, hey, how are you? Like, what are you into and what are you about? It's 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 always through the it was always at that time through the lens of, yo, this guy's Asian. He must fit into this box and we're going to treat him this way. And a combination of like being perceived in a certain racialized way that was very much not me. Um, and, and that led to a lot of self-hatred, too. I mean, from the sense that I was basically raised white. And the only way I found out that I wasn't white was people fucking let me know. Um, and yeah, as, a, as a transnational adoptee. Yes. Right? Yeah. As a transracial adoptee, transnational adoptee. Yes, I was raised by white parents pretty much all of their social network was white people. So I didn't really meet Asian people until like I took the leap to try out going to an Asian church in high school. Cause it's like when you're used to that sort of pervasive racism, you just, like you said, teen with your job, it just happens over time. And like, you just kind of get used to it. And then when you look at things in retrospect, you're like, damn, that shit was wild. And I guess the way that, I sort of made this realization that like, damn, racism really is a problem for me was when I realized that like I would go into these new spaces, whether it be like, a, I don't know, social occasion with a bunch of white people or even randomly going to a store and there being white strangers, you know, just preemptively sizing everyone up and like coming up with insults just in case something racial happened, just having something on deck, you know, I, I, I want, <laughs> yeah. I guess experiencing that sort of stuff i always wanted to be ready um <laughs> and you know that's super stressful and and yes. like um i and realized all the time it's like it must be absolutely all the time. and and you know i think there's something very uh just toxic and destructive about there's very much emotional trauma and damage going on with that stuff but we don't really have the words to recognize that. So, like, we would only consider it to be, like, this urgent problem if, like, someone was physically getting their ass whooped. 
But I mean, in terms of like the mental mm -hmm. stress and anguish I took on to just like try and survive and have some poise rather than just like getting whooped on. Mm. Yeah, it takes a lot out of you. Absolutely. Yeah, can well, no, it's, yeah. hard, it's hard to imagine. But if I extrapolate what it was like in that company to, yeah, I mean, I I'm not even a fucking situation, adult, you know, I'm like, yeah. a grow like a basically like a large child in my teenage years or whatever. You're not equipped to handle shit. Yeah. yeah. And, and this was in the a, Detroit area, you said, right? Yes. Yeah. So I'm just going to shout out my hometown. Shout mm. out to Macomb, Michigan. Mm. Um, I'm going to say just for context that CNN always pulls up their election map during presidential elections to point out Macomb County in yes, particular. They do. I know they that. do. Yeah. That, because Macomb County is known as the home of the Reagan Democrat. And it's the notion of people in Metro huh. Detroit for decades had been relying on the auto industry to have these jobs that allow for some sort of economic advancement. But around the time Reagan came along, and that was also during the time of like strong Japanophobia and all kinds of wild shit coming out in films and stuff. And like that was, I guess, when Reagan hit was when people were like, hey, we may have benefited from all these democratic policies and like stuff like that. But guess what? We, we fucking hate Japan because of our auto industry. We're going straight nationalist. We're going for Reagan. Um, and that sort of defines just sort of like the incoherent sort of self-centered provincial understanding of how the world works that I had to fucking deal with. So, hey, let me ask you, you know, I, I didn't think of this question, but yeah, I'm curious sure. now. You, yeah. Specific to you being from Detroit. Yes. What, how do you feel about like Michael Moore type people? Hmm. Let's see. It, I don't know, because it's, it's, it's vacillated and it's okay. vacillated in the same way. My opinion is vacillated on Eminem. Um, oh, interesting. I think, yeah, I think okay. both Eminem and Michael Moore um, objectively, there's at least some component of their energy that is incredibly obnoxious and annoying. Sure. But, but I yeah. do have to say that. Like as a teenager, I think Michael Moore's sort of like very sort of pushy personality with asking questions that made people feel uncomfortable and Eminem talking about stuff like getting like the president getting his dick sucked were things that informed like models for me to like fight bullying, you know, mm -hmm. along with like things like DMX mm -hmm. talking wild shit like Limp Bizkit, things like that. That helped me because like the kinds of white models that you would learn in the classroom or learn from like, you know, squeaky clean white people would be like, VHS tapes on conflict resolution. That wasn't going to fucking work for me. So, like, Eminem and Michael Moore, um, I, I do think, yeah, like, their energy can be obnoxious and annoying, but I do have a certain respect for their ability to be like, hey, you know those social rules and, like, these popular notions of civility? Fuck that, because it's all a performance. And mm -hmm. I, I do have a, yeah. a strong respect for that, even though, like, there is a tiny bit of shame with, like, Eminem and Michael Moore in particular, because they aren't known as, like, the most charming dudes. True. Right. But that makes sense. I, I like, I think you, you know, you may have felt drawn, right, to, to I don't, like, I don't know if power is quite No, correct, I, I would honestly but... say that, because I think... Just being like this small, skinny Asian kid in this very xenophobic white environment put me in a position where mm -hmm. I was like, yo, I need power in any way I can. Whether it's like I'm acting mm -hmm. mean and like saying wild shit or just generally having a presence where people are like, well, I don't know if it's worth my time fucking with this guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's, uh, I, 
I can relate to that a bit mm-hmm. for sure. Like, um, I, I learned to, I, I ended up, you know, having a, a chip on my shoulder and I would just, I'd be like, try me. You grew up yep. in uh, you know, Berkeley we, area, right? I grew mm-hmm. up in Berkeley. It's not a known as a particularly like rough place or anything mm-hmm. like that. Um, but there definitely came a point in my life where I was just like, I'm, I'm done with this mm-hmm. shit. You know, I'm fed up. And, um, I think, uh, you know, we talked about this a bit, uh, you know, on Twitter, um, pal, but like, you know, for me, it was, uh, of course, you know, certain peers around me, certain individuals, but, um, like hip hop really gave me some perspective into, um, recognizing how people are truly treating Mm -hmm. him and, and, um, you know, recognizing that, like, you des- you know, you need to fight for your self-respect. Yep. Fight for it, and you deserve um, better than were... what you've got at that moment. Yeah. And, and there's, you know, there's all sorts of small little moments. Um, but just overall, as as far as a theme, like, um, that, that's a big one for me. I, I think it was really uh, useful for me. Um, yeah. I think I agree. I think uh, Michael Moore, as an example, like I, I waver on him, you know, but I feel mm-hmm. like he is different from like other white dudes in mm-hmm. a small way. He's not that different from them. Sure. But he is different from them in an important way. <laughs> like whatever mm-hmm. it is, it, it kind of matters. Right. Yeah. And it allow, allows him to have a certain respect for other people. Like that's you can tell it's kind of there because I was never yes. a fan of his like kind of shit libby politics and this sort of like yeah um, uh, an older form. It's preferable to like modern liberalism, but it's absolutely liberalism from like the seventies and eighties, you know. And it, it was pretty white supremacist itself, and yep. it's the era of Vincent Chin, and that was one of the things mm-hmm. I always didn't like about Michael Moore was I always associated the people he went to bat for. Mm. As the Ronald Ebbins type white people. Oh, okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, in a way, like, I grew up sort of, you know, tucked away in a ethnically diverse suburb of Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. So to me, like, I wasn't, you know, uh, to me, as a Chinese American, Detroit was like my south. <laughs> Like deep south. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's where Chinese dudes get killed. Yeah. Absolutely. The day before their wedding and they don't even go to prison. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So um, that was like my thoughts on, you know, and it's funny, like I, you're not the first guy, uh, angry, like combative Asian dude I've met that's come out of Michigan. <laughs> yeah. Yo, <laughs> you know, yo it, I'm, I'm just going <laughs> to say Michigan yeah. is fucking this one really wild. Well it one. is like... I would say so. I'm in Texas right now, and I'm just laughing because he knows who I'm talking about. Okay. (laughs) So, and listeners probably do too. Anyway, um, we'll we'll talk about it some other time. But yeah, yeah, would love to know. But I mean, I I had a lot of fears moving down to the South, uh, just nebulously. But I realize now that I'm in Texas and like near Dallas, that it's like, yo, really, when it comes to like those bad fucking things you hear about the South, that's just Mississippi and Alabama. Mm-hmm. Um, when I think about the kinds of shit that I dealt with in Michigan and just like the general kind of, even I would say general disrespect of like people not making eye contact with, with me, it's palpable. And yeah. I don't know, I don't know what it is about Michigan and its history. I, I mean, I guess the only thing I can the really think shit, of man. is the auto shit. Yeah. yeah. 
and just sort of like the competition that was popping up in the 80s and like how people like fucking assholes like Lee Iacocca were just like going in hard on Japan and Japanese people. And, yeah. you know, I do, I do think that set the tone for like the late 80s and, and 90s. And the fact uh, that so many Asian people moved to America um, in the 70s and 80s and especially the 90s yep. and were doing super well, I don't think yep. that really sat that well with them to see mm-hmm. Asian people who had they had associated with destroying their, you know, bread and butter industry there. Yeah. Uh, com- you know, compared to what it was in the fifties and sixties. Absolutely. So now where they're like, not only did they fucking destroy our shit, but now they're moving here and they're living, you know, fancier than we are. They're like, taking our man, stuff. Taking our shit, man. Anyway, I was, yeah. I mean, back then I thought of Detroit as kind of like, yeah, my deep South, you know? <laughs> and yeah. so, and it, I, I think it's kind of confirmed from talking to, um, the surprising number of Asian people that I know from, that come from Detroit. You know who else comes from Detroit is um, Frank Wu. Do you know that? Oh, yeah. Actually, he, I, oh. I read Yellow in ninth yeah. grade. And oh, wow. So it it was one of – basically, I, I feel like the, one, the most influential book to me in my life has been the autobiography of Malcolm X. But before mm. I read that, Yellow was sort of that book for me because it opened up my eyes to – Hey, the shit I've been bitching about for my whole childhood, it turns out a lot of other people have been paying attention and like treating it as like an academic area of study. Mm. So shout out to Frank and uh, shout out to uh, the Wayne State University Law School. Hey, so. yeah, that's right. He's a dean. He he was a dean. I think he's yeah, he was a dean there. To, he's in California now, I think, right? No? Yeah, I think so. Um, but yeah, yeah, he was my he, he was I had him as a professor in law school. Wow. Uh, he was guest. Uh, he was a guest lecturer at my school. And awesome. so I think his Asian American course and uh, really great, really great guy. I, yeah. he's, and he's been persistent. Um, he has been. Per- he, he, I think he really was the OG with articulating a lot of these things. Yeah, he's an OG. Um, in like a mainstream sort of public published way. Yeah. Yeah. And being that guy is not easy. It's, Absolutely it's not. not. It's Especially not the easy. first guy. Damn. Yeah. yeah it's at least easy. that was before like Twitter like mm. and getting like doxxed and harassed. Uh, but I'm sure that probably happened through like emails or like uh, ICQ or something. Yeah, people people think Twitter oh, sure, is like ICQ. this brutal thing and whatever. I'm like, there's no stakes. You don't even have your real name on there. Why are you so worried about you know? I don't know. Everyone's so sensitive about it. That's true. But anyway, um, sorry, where were we? So we were talking about uh, yeah, like how these guys are a little bit different, right? Like the yeah. Um, actually, I was thinking we- about it, and I think I know what it is. Okay. I think I know what it is in terms of, you know, they, they've got their own sort of like whack sensibilities or energy in their own way. But when I look at both Michael Moore and mm. Eminem, they both came from poor working class backgrounds. Mm. And I think that perspective of like being treated like shit on a class basis um, really informed like the people they target are powerful people or people they're punching up at. Um, that's that's my mm-hmm. perception. It's sort of like their working class upbringings give them a different uh, perspective, yeah. and they were either persistent enough or they were good enough where they were able to break through into mainstream media in ways that wasn't ingratiating like your average sort of pundit or writer or media personality. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Um, which brings so we got to this. So we were talking about okay, we've got you know we've talked about this group dynamic yeah, did, thing where, you, did we even introduce a topic in this recording? I think so. Yeah, like yeah. how did yeah, we, white, oh, okay. 
Asian guys and how we fucking deal with white people, right? Exactly. Especially, especially white men. Well, yeah, I guess. And the specific dynamics that exist. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And we were talking, I think, uh, we're getting closer where we, I guess, we were when it when the last recording got fucked up. Mm -hmm. But um, I think we talked about sort of like the group dynamic and where I think um, the Asian guys sort of like let in as mm. the sort of like, you know, the sort of like um, you, the, 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 the guy that like they can bond over in sort of like making the, you know, and sort of like dissing or, or disrespecting or whatever. I, I feel the like, Omega like the group punching bag. Like, the punching bag. Yeah. 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 So there's the, so I feel like there's the punching bag okay. guy. Yep. Yeah. Right. And then there's the, like the uh, validator yep. where they, they use you, you know, they ask you some question and then they use your opinion as, um, as proof. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Uh, or evidence to support whatever. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it usually is related to whether or not they are racist. <laughs> that that or some politics yeah. shit, right? There's the um, there's the grinder the too. Noah. There's the dude who just like does just loads of fucking work. Yep. And and doesn't ask for a ton. Yeah. Back. So in the yep. Yeah, in the workplace where the workhorse, yeah. um, and then like socially, right? They'll uh, they'll like try and buddy up with you to get access to something, which I guess you know you could say is just think about you know who's the ultimate of that is like a Mark Zuckerberg. He has like a. Like an Asian wife, and he. How many Asian dudes work for him? Shit. <laughs> and, yeah. and together, he's like the richest yeah. man, or like the fifth richest man in the world, or some shit like that. Imagine it it see, it seems like yeah, he's he's mastered racial capitalism. Yeah. How many fucking <laughs> like? Do you know there's that guy tech lead who's like full blown Damn. like fucking MR Asian dude now? On, yeah, because on... like I don't know much about him, but I just yeah. remember him saying shit about like how his wife left him, and he just, he just made a series <laughs> of videos about that for like oh, a yeah. year. Shit. And yeah. I'm like, I don't even know this dude, yeah, but he's getting like lead. a million views on like basically personal hangups that I would keep private. No, but it was fascinating because he just didn't have any fucking filter. He wouldn't hide oh, anything. Oh my god! Like the guy, he was so lonely that he basically was oh, having no. a relationship with the with the camera, yes. and was telling details that like he shouldn't say. But it it was clear that well, one thing he said was that basically like Asian dudes got treated like shit, especially the H one B immigrant, yeah. the visa workers. Yeah, he was like, "That's modern slave labor. The fuck yeah. the way you fucking work and pay them." Absolutely, you know, and that that part yeah, it's I thought fun. was was worth listening to because I think it triggered in him like a very bad reaction, and I think that's kind of why he is the way he is. <laughs> mm. Yeah, like a um, visceral sort of realization after a time of not even having it on his radar, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, and he, it was a thing. I think what happens, and I think this is happening a bit with Asian dudes. I is, think so um, too. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it too, and I think what it is is. You've got sort of like a woke liberal culture that's overtaking, um, you know, ac academia, tech, you know, yep. uh, all the stuff that Asian people, Asian guys love. Mm -hmm. And um, but we're not really like we don't have any power in that movement yep. either. And in some ways, it feels like we have less power in that movement than Absolutely. we do as the fucking racial capitalist cog in the wheel. Yep. You know, so we're stuck between a rock and a hard place because I'm like, I could go kiss my white boss's ass or I can make the brownies for the diversity panel or whatever. Yep. But either way, I'm kissing someone's ass. I'm Yeah, that's not this, dignified. Yeah. You know, so it puts people in a really weird position, I think, um, Asian guys. And and so and it's uh, 
yeah, it's kind of hard to navigate, I think, you know? Absolutely. Because I, I think, like, when I think to my own sort of feelings of insecurity in the past, it had to do with this idea of, like, am I coherent to other people? Are they getting where I'm coming from? Like, do they perceive me as the person I want to be perceived as? And I guess, like, depending on the social circle and depending on how cosmopolitan the, the white people are in it, like, sometimes I, I've just real, I've just taught myself to not have any expectations at all because if I do, I'm just going to be real mad. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, yeah, yeah I, I, think, I think that's only come through just experiencing these things and, like, really looking deep inside myself and thinking, like, well, damn, well, I don't feel that great and I definitely don't feel as good as the other people cracking the same jokes in the room, so there must be something wrong. <laughs> yeah. So we, we come then to uh, Noah Smith. Noah ah, Smith, yes. the um, somewhat autistic uh, uh, opinion writer for Bloomberg, um, who spends a lot of time writing about. I think he was uh, kind of a formally trained economist. Does, uh, yeah, is, so he's an economics degree. I don't know. Yeah, he, he got his PhD at University oh, PhD, of Michigan, okay. Okay. Um, and then taught for a little while, and then got sick got of it, it and became a writer. So that was sort of his trajectory. So he does have formal training, at least. So I'll give him credit for that. In a in a pretty legit school, right at Michigan. Um, Yeah, and like the just to give perspective on how intense it was, you know, I I took some of those intro econ classes and I got my ass whooped. I got C and C minus in the econ classes that I took there. So I know it's wildly rigorous in that. So Mm -hmm. I think from a quant perspective in particular, he's super good because he studied physics in undergrad too, and. I could barely pass like the non-calculus based physics freshman year of college. So, you know, mm. and you became friends with him during uh, you, you, you guys were both like uh, uh, undergrads or something. Or? Yeah. And I, I guess before I continue, just for anyone who hasn't heard my perspective before, I'm just going to set the expectation right now that I fucking don't like this guy anymore. I don't respect him. And I think he's like the most yeah. fucking annoying man on the Internet. Um, so. <laughs> I will lead up to how it became that case because I initially met him at the University of Michigan, you know, after 18 years of being in like shitty, racist, xenophobic Macomb County. And my expectations for white people just treating me with any sort of like level of respect at all was really low. So I met Noah Smith through a mutual friend um, at a karaoke party. And like, I, I love Norebang. I love going all the time, so it was just like a perfect occasion for me to like be willing to talk to strangers rather than just being like aloof and being like, oh, fuck this shit. And so when Noah approached me, he started asking me general questions about like, hey, what do you study? What are you doing? What are you thinking about doing in the future? And I mentioned to him that I was studying Japanese and was looking forward to studying abroad that next year. And then he started talking about his interest in Japan, like trips that he had taken there. And I think he even used it as an opportunity to flex on, like, some documentary that he had some part in on Japan, like, sort of, like, disenchanted youth and, like, the bubble economy sort of thing. But, like, I don't think that ever panned out or it never became popular, so who gives a shit? Um, But It sounds like he was heading towards Asian (laughs) fetish guy territory. I I mean, you know, honestly, like... I don't know if he was there yet, but it sounds like he was heading that way. I I think he was probably already there at that point. Um, okay. because I think he, was he like that, the one white guy at the Norebang with you? He was the what? one white guy at the Norebang thing. Okay. He was, he was the guy. Right. And I think He's everyone, Nicholas everyone Cage knows that K-Town. guy. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But replace Nicholas Cage's like chaotic, 
just like <laughs> I don't know macho guy energy with like yeah. a fucking nerd. Yeah, and right, right. Yeah, right. that that was basically the dynamic. <laughs> um, and yeah, uh, why I, do we suffer these fools, man? And, like, and, and that's my whole thing. Like, yeah, uh, I had low self esteem, just like coming out of Michigan, just feeling like shit. Um, and like we we would talk occasionally about things we mutually liked, uh, like places in Japan we wanted to visit, anime, movies, books, things like that. Um, and then I started to get really frustrated around the time he started focusing less on economics um, and less on Japan stuff and more talking about geopolitics surrounding China and the oh, threat that yeah. it poses to the world sort of thing. Um, and really, I, I had been saying for the last like 10 years, like, if anything escalates with China, yo, like, I don't want to fucking have to worry about internment to electric boogaloo. Yeah, I mean, Scaly even fucking warned on that shit himself. Mm -hmm. So it's just like, he did. Yo, it's just like, I don't know about that. Yeah, and I just yeah. don't understand how, like, I had, like, looked at, because basically, like, I was pretty miserable as a teenager, so I was spending a lot of time on the internet, like, reading Angry Asian Man and reading it extra hard and, like, clicking, like, the external links to look at shit type shit. So I've been looking at this shit for a while, and that's also why I talk a lot of shit about people like Jen Fang, because I've been reading this shit for a while. Not good. Mm -hmm. Anyway. Mm -hmm. But, like, I had I, been saying these things and expressing these earnest sort of fears or concerns because, like, I was looking at the trajectory of history and looking at, like, how ineffectual, like, some of these, like, the words or rhetoric of these people that call themselves activists and, like, fighting fascism or fighting, like, hate attacks. And I was like, please, if we don't have any sort of forces to, like, fight that shit off in any sort of substantial way, please stop fucking talking about it. Please, please, please. Just yeah. fucking cut that shit out. And... <laughs> Basically, like, it came to a head this past year because, like, you know, I was expressing more and more skepticism about, like, these clear, like, NATSEC organization moves to try and, like, make China look as bad as possible. And it's just, like, I don't know a lot about mainland China, but I know enough that a lot of that shit is just, like, wild accusatory bullshit to try and start something militarily crazy. And his whole thing was, was, like, he was sort of framing my perspective is just like being absolutely unreasonable yeah, yeah because does that. because and, and this is the fucking basis for why he thought it was unreasonable it was the notion that like because uh these sorts of i guess radical ways of thinking uh just wouldn't resonate with your average voter so if it's not feasible what's the point of believing it and i and my whole thing is just like just because something seems very difficult to pull off or manifest Am I going to fucking, like, temper my aspirations and just, like, dreams about what I want from life because I think, like, white people won't like it? No, fuck that. Because, like, I have the ability of, like, interacting with people in the way that I can to, like, persuade people. And, like, I have a way of sort of, like, integrating myself into communities where, like, people know that I care. And, like, based on them knowing that I care, they show things that show they care about me and my well-being. So I had that to contrast to, like, the fucking arrogant, condescending, and just dismissive attitude of Noah Smith, me bringing these very earnest concerns about my feelings of personal safety and anxiety, and just being like, just him being like, well, that's not right, you're being a genocide denier, you're, you're not being reasonable, just like, it was just like, 
I've told you all this shit, and what other logical conclusion could I come to over these last 10 years? Like, you want me to believe in something that's not going to do anything because it makes you feel better? That's fucked up. Yeah. I yeah. I found that the these people tire me out very quickly because yes. I, like, I'm trying to, because he, I told you, he, for some fucking reason, followed me on Twitter, like, a while ago. Yeah. And um, I found out he'd follow, he was following. I, I didn't even know who the fuck he was, but then he um, added me in a tweet to someone where they were where he was like, "Yeah, a lot of these like pro Chinese accounts are clearly trolls or or crazy, but yeah. there are three that I follow that I think like that actually kind of makes sense sometimes. I just think I, I just think I'm just trying to figure out what's wrong with them that they could otherwise sound reasonable." But take on these weird pro-China positions. And, and can, I, can I stop you right there and yeah. say that, like, one of Noah Smith's favorite fucking things to do that makes me just want to, like, fucking knock his ass out is he likes to think of himself as, like, the arbiter of, like, what's reasonable and what's rational. And it's just, like, your fucking experiences are so narrow that when you fucking show your ass like that, I want to let other people know that, like, you're just really fucking silly. You are a yeah. silly man. But I have to I have to admit that at that mm-hmm. time he 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 was telling another person on Twitter who mm-hmm. he follows to get try to understand what would make someone pro china mm-hmm. right uh what what bizarre mental thing did these people go through that would make them pro china so he said follow Carl Za Amanda E con- cat content only and follow mm-hmm. Mont Jong Ni right mm-hmm. and I was like well, he's got good taste, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, all right, those are three. I, was like, I mean, excluding myself, those other two, I, w- I was like, I follow them myself. I mean, those are yeah. good, you know. Mm-hmm. I would follow those. Two. I would recommend following them too. Mm-hmm. And so I thought he might be a kind of a cool guy. I don't know. And sure. he works for Bloomberg, and I'm like, okay, I'll talk to this guy. Yeah. So I'm DMing with him, and it's like running into a fucking brick wall. I'm like, fucking brick wall, brick wall. And I told you specifically that he asked me. Well, he said that he was sorry as a white man that he felt sorry. He was like, "I am sorry for what happened to you." And I said, "What? What do you mean? What happened to me?" He's like, "I know you suffered like a, an intense amount of racism as an Asian man in America. I, I, I get it." I was like, "I didn't. What the fuck are you talking about? When did I say this?" He was you like, "Isn't why you are the way you are? Isn't it because you?" suffered immensely you know as an asian man growing up in a white world and i was like dude my high school was like 35 percent asian yeah i i got in trouble for beating up white kids like what uh it didn't work the way in your head it works (laughs) man all right yeah presuming shit i just thought that was very fucking annoying and then yes but those assumptions and the confidence in those assumptions like the only way you could have turned out the way that you've turned out as an individual is because of experiences only in that realm yeah, or maybe he was reading something that happened to, uh, say, to you and assume that it happened to me because I, I mean, think that's it. You know? you know, to be honest, he doesn't he's, he's got a good number of Asian friends, but not a lot of Asian friends that will engage with him on these issues. Like these people are sort of like insulated from the worst stuff and like rich enough where like they don't really have these concerns and they're willing to give people the benefit of the doubt type shit. So the only person right. that was really talking to him about wild racism was like a few individuals and i'm one of them and i think he's taken like the coherent narrative that i've presented to him and projects it onto other people he thinks are unreasonable because the only reason they could be that unreasonable is because they experienced those egregious things 
which is yeah. insulting in yeah. itself. It's just like a lot of people can turn out a lot of different ways and to assume that someone has trauma because you think that they're like mean spirited or whatever. That's fucking insulting. Not, not only was it that he mistook that that was insulting. It was the fact that the entire time he's just trying to figure out what's wrong with me. Mm. And figure I'm like, out what's no, wrong. Yeah. Why are we talking about what I'm I just I'm trying to help you understand like why someone has a different opinion. Yeah, different about opinion. China. It's not it has nothing to do with me, man. It's China. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so I just found it very annoying that this whole time it was sort of like a trying to get my head kind of thing. And I was like, yes. all right, fuck off, man. <laughs> and I was trying to help him because he, he was about to write this article, which I think he did pu- end up publishing, saying that China, modern China today is equivalent to Jim Crow America, but oh, much, God, much worse. Yes. And I said, Noah, you don't want to do this, okay? He was what? like, why? Why are you so defensive about China? I'm like, it's <laughs> why not about China, China like man. I was like, you are equivocating on Jim Crow America. You're saying that right. if you go to China, it's worse than Jim Crow America. I could That's go there. Bold. I we you know it's not uh, Klingon man. Like we could go there ourselves and see for ourselves. <laughs> Is it as bad as Jim Crow America? And it's not. So I was like, I don't think you should say this. And he said it anyway, and that's when he started mass blocking black people on Twitter because they were dragging his ass for what he said. And I tried to fucking warn him. I was trying trying to help him. him. You were like, dude, you're playing with fire. Don't fuck with that shit. And he did it anyway. He's probably a weird enough guy that he's going to listen to this. So if you're listening to this, I was trying to help you, you dumb motherfucker. Well, I I mean, I know for a fact he's going to listen if he sees that I'm on it. And I'm going to say, fuck you, Noah Smith. You wasted my time. And you really disrespected me. And like, I had these very earnest human concerns that I was bringing to you. And like, you weren't fucking listening. And I already told you to fuck off already. But this is another medium for me to say, stay the fuck out of my life. I don't like you. I don't respect you. And I agree with everyone who thinks you're an idiot. That's my I, take. I think he's a racist, too. I think clear. he's racist. And, I do. And, like, I don't think, I think he's. I don't think he is an uh, intentional racist. Exactly. But he is a functional racist. Yes. What difference does it fucking make? You have racist ideas, Noah. I know you don't think you're racist because you want you're you're excited about having Asian friends. Yeah. But you are. You have racist ideas, and you think like a racist, and, and that's and why you get in trouble. When when I think about how that racism manifested toward me, like it was never like saying Chinese people are backwards or saying just like very sort of like explicitly racist things. But he was manifesting racism from the perspective of I'm bringing these earnest human concerns to you over a period of like 10 years. And you're still fucking going on about that China shit when I said that's only going to cause just like a lot of chaos and a lot of problems and a lot of unnecessary spinning of wheels discourse that's not constructive. And like I've been telling you that for years. So for you to just keep going on with that China bullshit, it shows that you care more about your own subjectivity and your own opinion than like a human being of equal worth with different experiences. And that's Mm. fucked up because why the fuck did I spend my time saying all that shit if you're not going to fucking listen to it? It really just seems like he was trying to recommend me stuff or trying to uh, insert his opinions into my brain. And it's just like my experience is so different than yours. When you try and do this, it fucking feels like abusive gaslighting. And the fact that you have this willingness to do this suggests to me that like the way that you perceive me in reality just fucking makes you a racist. Like, you mm-hmm. are treating me like I am below you. 
Yeah. And like at this point with all the people that I've talked to, I'm kind of just like I may not be quantitatively as smart and my reading comprehension might not be as good, but I know for a fact that like the shit that I say to people resonates more because like I've had to deal with more shit. So I'm not making bad assumptions about like the uh, the kinds of lives people have lived or like the meaning of things in their lives. I'm not going to fucking do that. That's just very arrogant. Yeah. yeah, for sure. For sure. Um yeah, no, so so about like damn, like about Noah Smith, right? I, I yeah. feel like he is a very distilled version of like white dudes that I know. And he mm-hmm. takes on the way he tried to ingratiate himself to me in this weird but in a weird fucking like aggressive way. Yeah, there's but, something you know, aggressive like, underneath it. Yeah. But, you know, and I was like, this reminds me of people I, I've met in the past, you know, like, certainly not all white dudes are like this, but yeah. there is a white dude that does this all the fucking time. It's a type. It's a type. And, um, it, you know, it's weird. Uh, I think a lot of times I think, you know, aside, like all the shit that he wants to talk about his cockamamie interest in geopolitics he has no fucking knowledge or background did you see absolutely. him he went on carl zaz uh podcast and just absolutely showed his ass as to like how yeah, little he, he embarrassed knew. himself like, he didn't know fucking basic facts yeah and you know, you know thankfully he didn't go as far as saying that you could get a weaker slave on taobao but it was still pretty fucking bad <laughs> it was still embarrassing <laughs> it was still embarrassing and that, like, dude it was it was lyman stone who was like uh I could get it, but I don't have my WeChat password right now, but it's here. I got it. <laughs> I don't have my phone that I can do the two-factor authentication. We're going to have to wait until after the recording. <laughs> Fucking loser. I can't believe yeah. he said that shit. Um, no, but instead of like actually taking him seriously as a thinker and an yeah. influencer or whatever, um, I, I find it's more just productive to just like think about the psychology of these people, you know? Like, Absolutely. What, what they, you know, they spend so much time getting in our fucking heads, and I think... Uh, it is worth, I think, uh, admitting where I think Asian dudes do have deficiencies. Yeah. And one of them is an unwillingness, I think, in general to think about white people in racialized terms. Absolutely. We're, al- we're always Absolutely. trying to, mm-hmm. we're always trying to be like, don't think of me in racialized terms. And then that makes us believe in this general utopian ethic that we shouldn't think about yeah. other people in they racialized terms. They go low, terms. we go high. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But that's not how right, the world right. fucking that's works. That's not how the world fucking works. And you do that and you get your ass whooped. Yeah, you need to start racializing and typing and typing white people. So you understand the nature of like what's going on. Yeah. If you, don't, if, if you don't articulate that, it's just kind of like, well, there's problems, but I don't know exactly what the cause is. Yeah, it's not only mm-hmm. going to save your ass, but it's also just going to make your life a lot more comfortable. Exactly. It just things just make more sense. And I think Noah Smith is a is a type. And I didn't I mean, I'll be honest. I mean. Maybe because I'm a, I'm a little bit older than you. I've already suffered this mm-hmm. shit. Sure. But red flags were going off right away when I was talking to this guy. Mm-hmm. Right. So I don't have yeah. – I don't – I'm not going to waste that much fucking time with people like this. And I think yeah. it's because I could put him in a type. And I was like, oh, yeah, this type of fucking guy. And, and you know, it's, it's really unique, like, the timing of it, where I was at in my life and just, like, the social occasion that warmed me up to him. Like, in retrospect, I'm just like, damn – 
I feel dumb. And one of the one of the ways that I'm like grieving how dumb I feel or like <laughs> how I wasted my time, I'm just going off. I'm airing the shit out because like he fucking said some yeah. fucking really mean, arrogant fucking shit. And I was always just like, OK, that's reasonable. And like just because like people don't usually call me out because I'm usually like pretty reasonable, try to consider all perspectives or if I think even a perspective is stupid, I try and understand where they're coming from. So when someone is brave enough to call me out, I'm usually willing to listen. But I realized that mm-hmm. he took like the clear power dynamic that was there and was just taking advantage of it. And I look at it in retrospect. I look at these DMs in retrospect. I'm like, you're a fucking disrespectful piece of shit because I never fucking said anything like this remotely disrespectful to you like you have to me. And like that may have flown when I was 20, 23, but I'm over 30 now. So I don't fuck with that shit anymore. I've got more important stuff. I'm married. Got a sick mom. I'm not fucking with that shit anymore. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It makes me it makes me feel okay. Well, so as as long as we're talking about typing, you know, I I, I like to think in stories, right? Like stories are... um, a way to understand people. And I was telling you, uh, when the <laughs> last pod cut out, I was talking about this movie called About a Boy. Oh, yeah. It's like a night, like a late 90s Hugh Grant movie. And, uh, it's actually a pretty good movie. I think I would I, I think it. I'm gonna, ch- I mean, after this conversation, I'm going to check it out because me and my wife watch new movies on weekends that we haven't seen. Okay. So we're definitely it's adding a very nostalgic to the list. 90s watch and it's, it hold, it held up, I think. Okay. It's not a romantic comedy. That's the problem. The nineties were too full of romantic comedies Absolutely. that aged very poorly. Um, but this was more of like an adult drama that included, uh, kids, which mm-hmm. is what made it super interesting. The, the social dynamics for children. And it's about a, it's literally about a boy named Marcus, uh, who I think is in, he's a, they're in London and he's in middle school, the equivalent of middle school there or whatever. Um, and he's a, he's, he's a total unfortunate mama's boy. He's pudgy. His mom dresses up in hand knit sweaters that are terrible. Bowl haircut. Um, single mother who's kind of crazy, uh, depressed mm-hmm. and all this stuff. And she's like overly affectionate with him at school and humiliates oh, no. him and all this stuff, yeah. you know. And so he's the, he's the automatic Omega, right? Absolutely. He walks into this. School, which is not a nice school at all. It's a rough school, as you said, full of chavs. Yep. And he is immediately understanding that he does not fit there. He doesn't belong. He is the bottom. Yeah. Uh, he he should just disappear, but he's he's fucking low. So he goes during recess, and it's like the prison yard of the school. And he they have to they have, he has like forty five minutes or whatever that he's got to survive this. And so Marcus scans the yard and he's over there. He sees off in the distance, you know, by the side of the playground, two Asian kids. By Asian, I mean, in this case, uh, South, South Asian Indian. Mm-hmm. And so these two, these two, these two, uh, Asian kids, um, are standing next to each other and they're not particularly excited to be around each other, but they're just in like survival mode. It's like buddy system. Mm-hmm. And they're just like, uh, pretending to play with a little toy, but they're just trying to make it to the end so that the main, pack of chavs doesn't decide doesn't to fuck with them, them that day, right <laughs> just leave us alone for today we're, we're, we're busy win. you can't you can't you mess know? with us we're, we're busy doing something right now exactly yeah and so marcus is like oh i'll be friends with these guys and he like moseys on over and he was like hey guys you know and uh the two asian kids are like hey uh marcus uh we don't think it's really good idea for us to hang out with you because you're just gonna get our you're just gonna draw attention to us we're gonna get our asses kicked so could you just 
go along, move along. He got rejected by the Asian kids. And that was a signal in the movie to show you that he had really gone through the last bottom barrier. He was that much of a loser. That the two Asian kids wouldn't wouldn't even accept him in, in their circle. Yeah. Like, honestly, I didn't know what to think of that because... It demonstrated a certain awareness mm-hmm. uh, of that, but it also yep. kind of just accepted it. Yeah, exactly. It validated so I, it, even though it acknowledged yeah, it was there was and like, it was ugly. Was that a? You know what I mean? Like, why do you? Why does everyone understand this so well? Yeah, you you understood it enough to portray it, but you didn't ask any questions about it. Yeah, you don't. You have no interest in the two Asian kids. You're like, all right, and then their yeah, their life just continued and their hell continued. But we're gonna follow Marcus. Sure. <laughs> we'll follow this hapless loser's <laughs> life and how it got yeah. messed up. Yeah. But I, I think the point being that, like, um, you know, it, it, the, the problem with the Asian guy in that setting is, like, I think he's, like, you got to keep the Asian person as the Omega, in yep. a way. Because if you fall below the Asians, you're fucked. Like, you're fucked. That's, that's the sort of waterline. Yeah. And if you go below the waterline, if you go below the Asian guy, you're fucked. Yeah. And I think, I'll say this, like, Noah is a dork. He's a dork. He is a Marcus. Yeah. Um, I, like, I think his mom dressed him up in, in hand-knit sweaters and cried a lot and was <laughs> overly over, <laughs> overly affectionate with him at an inappropriate late age or some, some shit like that. I don't know. I'm just kidding. Uh, I have no idea whether that's true. But um, I feel like in his field, he mm-hmm. is the sort of Marcus at in the yard. You know, like, it's a pretty cutthroat field where everyone needs to get a lot of social media exposure they've got to be witty they've got to whatever and um to be relevant to be a public intellectual which is what i think he thinks he is yep absolutely right like i think he thinks he's important yeah he does he does no doubt Uh, he's not uh the reason and you know part of it like i think he likes the outrage that he generates with asian people because it it makes him think that he's like it matters exactly he thinks not, the right. negative response shows that his opinion matters rather than he gave a fucking stupid ass wild take and people are like, why the fuck did you say that? Yeah, we're, look, we're not mad because we have power and you're frustrating our plans. We're mad because you're a dick. That, like, it's yeah, not, and it's like, not, there's, there's no importance it, attached you're to our life worse. <laughs> You're just a dumb shit and you're annoying. That's literally all it is. We're just trying to get you off Twitter. Yeah, and, and I, I guess from my perspective, like, you know, when I first met him, there, there was sort of an admiration there because, like, I was like, why is this dude that seems to be so smart and talented interested in, like, fucking, like, anonymous me? At least that's what I thought at the time. Um, but, you know, it's, it, it's weird because, like, even though I had those self-esteem issues, I always kind of had reference points for people that weren't fucking, like, uh, just, like, nerdy cornballs. Mm. Um, like, I had a lot of friends that were b-boys. And a lot of friends that, like, did stuff, like, extroverted, like, gregarious people stuff. So I, I already had a basis for comparison. But for some reason, just in that circumstance, I was just like, a hey, smart dude, this is a college campus. Uh, yeah, I'm just excited that someone is interested in me. But, you know, looking back as an adult and really just seeing, like, the kinds of relationships that I consider to be my closest now, I'm just like what the fuck did I find so endearing or so admirable at that time? Because he didn't really make me feel any better. Uh, it was mostly just like him, like 
telling his opinions at me and hoping that I would integrate them. And you know, for the first few years I did because I kind of just saw him as an authoritative sort of mind. Um, but you know, as you know, he gave stupider and stupider takes in realms that he had less and less knowledge in. And it really came to a head where, when he said like, if we go to war with China, I'm confident that Americans will do the right thing and not oh, fucking God. Vincent Chin people. Um, yeah. And then I was just like, so Why, what the fuck was I saying all that stuff about hate attacks for? If that's what you earnestly believe in, you're not going to fucking change your mind. And yeah. not uh, on top of my opinion, more importantly, what about history? And what about like 9-11 and all the Arab Americans that got attacked from that shit? Like, give me a break. Yeah. Like, there's so many case studies and so many stories like this that would suggest that this is sort of the inevitable result of what you're doing. But you're fucking ignoring that because... It, it seems like you, I think, uh, team, you've talked before about this notion of liberalism being kind of like a religion or like church. And I think that's the case for Noah from the perspective of if you start questioning uh, the benefits of like free markets or capitalism or the uh, American mission and things like that, like he gets incredibly indignant. It's almost as if like we're questioning his God, like we're being blasphemous. And it's just like, Dude, you're just not stepping outside of your own comfort zone. Right. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I think he, you know, more so than just like showing off that he has like Asian friends or whatever. Yeah. I think he actually has like a psychological need for some like Asian dude to to be his like the wall that he just like bounces a ball off of. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I do. that kind of guy that he's just like, I just want someone who just sits here and is just like wowed with my takes. And I'm just going to bounce this shit off your forehead and you're going to sit there and you're just going to be like, hey, yeah, cool, cool, cool. No, exactly. Cool. And, and, and the way I frame it now is like I was going into it like an equal exchange friendship. And I think about like the way he framed like interactions with me now. And it seems like in retrospect, it was me giving him narcissistic supply and validation. And I'm just like, I'm not fucking here for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Uh hmm. Like, do you how long do you think it took you to realize that that shit was going on? That's a great question. And actually Did you did uh, you well, let me rephrase? Did you think yeah. you kinda knew the whole time? But I I think I kinda knew the whole time. Because yeah. it's not like his energy has changed. Like I guess the sort of energy that you detect uh, through his posts, uh, obviously, like on an interpersonal basis, anyone is going to be nicer in person in comparison to like a snarky online persona. But like that sort of pedantry and that sort of like uh, busting people's balls about their opinions that he disagrees with, like he does that shit all the time. And like, I don't mind ball busting. I really don't. But when... We're not at that level when it comes to, like, racial stuff, and I don't feel like we're of the same understanding. You're just being a fucking dickhead, dude. Like, and I think it speaks to something that you said before, Teen, the, the, the sort of assumption of closeness or, like, that wanting to rush to get straight to, like, the, the most sort of private stuff in a friendship that, like, uh, I guess boorish white dudes like to do when they've decided they want to form a relationship with someone. Yeah. That's an interesting thing. I think this does kind of like have – I think to talk about it in these terms actually hopefully can like make Asian 
women and Asian men have a more parallel experience rather than trying to make everything an inverse of like, uh, oh, you know, hey, Asian guys can chase like white girls. Exactly. Too. You know, like, I don't care about that. Neither of those behaviors are healthy anyway. So why, yeah. why would I be like pointing? Why, like, why even talk about it? You know what I mean? But yeah, like, cause it's, it's human life. It's, a, it's, it's sort of like as dynamic as our social lives can be. And like, you can't really make it a binary decision, especially if one thing is bad and then the opposite on that binary is pretty much just as bad. So it's yeah. just there's there's more possibilities than I think what our typical discourse around these sorts of relationships really shows us. Yeah. But I think with like white dudes, the one thing I'll say, and I think maybe Asian women might actually relate to this, is that um, at least for some of us anyway, most of us, like... Um, we're not as used to dealing with white dudes uh, as we are with maybe – like for me anyway, mm-hmm. most of my friends are not – I'm mostly Asian friends, but also a lot of non-Asian, non-white friends, black friends. Sure. Like I uh, understand our interactions better because I'm more used to it. Mm-hmm. But with white people, I'm not – like when I was talking to Noah, for example, I'm like, is this just how like Bloom – like – white journalist types are is this just kind of like how they talk maybe i don't know yeah. like i was just a, i was just like normalizing everything he did i just assumed what he's doing is probably kind of normal for these people you know what i mean yeah uh and it wasn't until like you know uh that whole thing about like oh didn't you suffer from a ton of racism when yeah about like 10 minutes in or 15 minutes in and i was just like huh so I'm like, you know, it's, it's just, it, was, it was a strange thing for him to have assumed this whole time I'm talking to him. Yeah. He thinks like I'm this very damaged person who grew yeah. up suffering a ton of racism. And therefore, that's why I am the way I am, is what he said. Isn't yeah. that why you are the way you are? <laughs> like, what What do you mean way I am? What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, that's way, like... way you are me. And uh, he was like, well, I assume that, you know, that was it. And then I was like, uh, shit, the whole time. This whole fucking conversation has really been about you trying to figure me out or some shit. Yep. You know what I mean? And I just thought, like, okay, that was very strange because, like, you didn't mention any of that shit. You weren't, we weren't talking about that. We were talking about, like, politics. We weren't talking about, like, personal level shit. Yeah. And then we, we get to this point, and I was like, is that what white dudes do to Asian women, too? You know what Shoot. I mean? Yeah. It's like, is that, is that kind of what they do? They're just like, because like, is that the way like Asian women might feel when a white dude approaches them where you're like, I don't really know what the cuss, like what white people are like. Yeah. I'm not that familiar with it. So I'm just yeah. going to assume that he's normal. And then yeah. you just sort of let them dictate the fucking boundaries of this conversation. Yeah. And I always wonder, why is that? Why do white you- dudes always end up? In, in the sort of like dominant position in social interactions. Yeah. I've been always curious about that. And if, and if you push back on, on them trespassing, you know, like pushing the boundaries and things like that, then you get gaslit about like, oh, you don't know, but this is actually the way things are. And you're being, okay, but weird, why can't I do that being, to him? What? Why, huh? why can't I do that well, to him? No, you, if you try mm-hmm. that, right, then the, then you pay the price. Yep. What price? Right. What price? Like we could, we can never punch back. Right, we can never talk shit uh-huh. back. If you do, the response is always disproportionate. Yeah, disproportionate. always disproportionate. Right? Like, whatever but I understand, I said, but if I'm just whatever, going like one on one with this guy, I don't give a shit about. 
then what power does he have? You know mm. what I mean? Uh, yeah, I mean, of course. I mean, with Noah in particular, he has no power. But there are other relationships where there is a power structure, mm-hmm. right? Like either this is somebody you have to see every day for four years sure. you know, while you're in high school. Or it's uh, a coworker or an employee. Uh, I mean, sorry, or, or like your boss or manager or something like that. Or even in your social circle, dude. There are social. There are people in my social circle, like extended social circle, that I really could do with. <laughs> yep. But at the end of the day, you know, like they're deep enough within my close circle that like I can't. I, I would be. A, I would appear as a huge dick if I would you know, to just like completely stonewall him or Mm -hmm. whatever, right? Like I have to play nice to a certain degree. And um, yeah, dude, like I I think that's, I think that's an element of it, right? And and it's really sad because there's some people who have had their boundaries pushed so far that they're like equal, I don't know about equal participants, but they're just as willing to be that person Mm -hmm. because they're so scared about, what the alternative might be. I think, well, I think part of it is also, we just don't have those intentions. Like I don't mm-hmm. feel the need to go DM white dudes and be aggro on them. It mm. doesn't, I don't need that, mm-hmm. but this guy fucking needs that. I don't know what it is. Yeah. I mean, it, look, man, I pushed back. I told him, I was like, eventually yeah. after I, I talked to him for a couple days and I did think it was interesting that I was talking to a published, a regularly published Bloomberg opinion writer who writes on China. I was like, okay, yeah. his, his, in a way, his opinion matters more than your average person. Sure. I'm not saying it's like super important, but it, it's, it's weighted visible. a little bit more than your average person for sure. So I'll talk to this guy. I quickly realized he has no intention of learning or anything from me. He doesn't give a shit about mm-hmm. what I have to say. And he's making all these fucking personal assumptions about me. And he's trying mm-hmm. to get personal with me. Like he wants to be my friend. And so I kind of pushed back and I was like, dude, you know, a lot of the shit that you're saying is quite racist. And I, I'm not even talking about against Asian people. I'm talking about against black people. Yeah. Like the, the way you're China talking about Jim Crow, Jim Crow America. Like you need to be very careful about what you say. Yeah. Like, Do you even you know what happened ju- in Jim Crow? Yeah. Like, dude, you don't just just wade into Jim Crow, man. You got to know. Yeah. Like you got to understand. That's a major thing. You know, I saw I told him to be careful. And um you know, eventually I was like, if he's not even going to listen to me on this, I mean, mm-hmm. he's, this guy's a piece of shit. So fuck yeah. him. I was like, you know what? You're a fucking racist and I hope you get dragged. And when you do, which he did, I'm going to be very happy about it. So fuck off. And I, and he blocked me. I never nice. blocked him, but he fucking blocked me. And I was like, oh man, this guy's a fragile bitch, you know? I, yeah. I mean, I don't think I ever got to that point with him because I felt like any time I would bring up any sort of dissenting opinion or be like, yo, dude, that's not cool. Or, yo, dude, that's kind of fucked up. He he would, like, get zealous with me. And, like, for example, with when I express sort of, like, uh, discomfort with, like, the Hong Kong protesters uh, forming alliances with, like, notable racist right-wing sort of uh, empire figures. Um, like, like, he like turned Pompeo. Exactly. Mike Pompeo, like Marco Rubio, fucking weirdos like Ted Cruz, who, by the way, didn't even fucking support like the Hong Kong refugee thing, which was fucking hilarious to me. (laughs) Um, But it was just like I expressed those um, hesitations about being like, uh, is this really like a legit sort of thing? And he was like, well, isn't China the real racists with the Uyghurs? And I'm just like, Jesus fucking Christ, that's not even what the fuck I'm talking about, you fucking dickhead. Yeah. What does that mean, China? You know, this is this is what see. 
that's very fucking indicative of how he thinks socially, yep. and he's, it's it's infected the way he thinks about fucking uh, politics. Absolutely. And he's a very shallow thinker. The shallowest thinkers are the one who just take their personal little dramas and think that that is like a microcosm for how the entire fucking yeah, universe works. entire universe. He's, I'm like, dude, your life is like the least indicative of what's going on in the real world. Okay? Absolutely. Because I feel like I had to explain a lot of context from my life when it came to wild racism, because yeah. he grew up as a child of academics in like a, a like a Texas A&M in College Station. And he had mm -hmm. like a diverse group of friends, but they were all pretty privileged and like uh, like they didn't really they just had sort of like a. A little like ensemble group you would see in a movie that was like drama free sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. So he never really got to see like the ugly shit that some people get to experience in other places. So he, he grew up in a bubble and like, you know, I see how that inspires some of his beliefs and optimism or what he would call optimism. But it's just like, dude, you fucking do not have the life experience to have the confidence that you have in your beliefs. Period. Yeah. I, you know, he, it was weird because like, I think he was talking to me as if I was like this sort of naive, like younger guy. And I, I know for a fact that even if you couldn't fully recognize, you couldn't fully identify that. I know mm -hmm. for a fact that that's what he was fucking doing. Yeah, and and because he was talking to me like in a weird way, where I was like, because I'm not used to this, but I'm like, because I'm I'm older. I'm 43. I think I'm older than him. Yeah, you are. You're older by a few years. Yeah, so I'm older than this guy, and. Yeah, I didn't even know yet. I mean, I'm not particularly impressed with his job title. I don't really think yeah. he's that big a deal. Like, I, you know, I, I know people that have better jobs than him in terms of sure. or whatever. Absolutely. Uh, his educational background, I wasn't even aware of it, but I'm like, dude, I, you know, I'm a, I, I'm not that impressed with you and I don't yeah. need you. I think it's interesting that you have kind of, uh, you know, you're kind of relevant in the China watching sphere, but not that important. I don't get, really care. You know, I'll, more than happy to tell you to fuck off and yeah. he kept talking to me like i was like uh, like um it just it was it, f it felt like he needed as a form of his own security the presence of an asian floor mm -hmm. to stand on mm -hmm. and that's his informing his attitude about politics that america you know, as this sort of like cultural ar archetype of, you know, whatever, being an American, yep. that the experience of being an American as, you know, having the, the, the feeling of being great or part of something great, uh, a great legacy, you have to be better than the chinks. Yep. Like if the chinks beat you, you're fucked. You're fucked. Because like, then you're more the morally inferior chinks beat us with our like superior systems and ideology. How dare they? Yeah, and Pete, you know, it's guys like him because you know he's a liberal, right? Yep. He's the type of guy that understands that Trump was a humiliating thing for America. Yep. That the rest of the world was laughing at us. Yep. And that made him scared, I think, because yep. I think his... I think I think that did trigger something visceral in him that was like, oh shit. But he's yeah. never gonna explicitly acknowledge it. But I think sort of like the way he escalates his responses is, is indicative of that sort of feeling somewhere in there. Yeah. And so he's he's uh one of these guys that you see a lot in media or whatever, they're they 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 become weirdly like threatened and their their pus their pussification is showing. Yeah. And and they and suddenly they're like very they're lost at uh on the playground. Yeah. And then they fucking see the two Asian kids. 
Yeah. And they're yeah. like, but instead of being friendly like Marcus, like, hey, can I be your friend? Yeah. They're actually going there to flex on those two kids to show yep. to show yeah. everyone yeah. else, yeah. I won't be the bottom. Yeah. I can kick their ass. Yeah. Yep. Right. And and then in reality, it's sort of like they could totally kick his ass, but yep. he's coming in with this delusional attitude of, hey, I'm actually cool and I'm doing you a favor by coming over to you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's, like, it's, 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 it's so silly, you know, like you can't help but chuckle at that. John, you buying any of this? Or yeah, is this I've so, seen that. Is, I've, is, seen, I, I've seen so I've seen that so many times, dude. So many times. So this is this, you're like, saying that that you resonate with that. Yeah, it resonates with it so much. So, like, here, here's how I feel. Like the the timeline yeah. goes, right? Um, there's that dude. He comes into the scene. He'll try and identify, right? Like the weak one, so yep. to speak, right? And uh, and then he'll go to you, and then he'll test you, right? He'll like poke and prod, see, like maybe. In fact, this is probably part of it. Is like push the boundary to see how you react to the boundary, yep. right? The the trespassing, and um. And of course, like we're kind of at least I was raised to just be you know more chill about things, and I am a more chill person. But anyway, you you give an inch, and they'll try and push, push, push. And um, if you don't ever like stand your ground, right? Then they'll just go as far as they can, and then they've decided, okay, you're the target. Boom, uh, they'll just do whatever they need, whatever's fitting for that context. They'll look to either undermine you or they'll try and denigrate you directly. They'll try and humiliate you. Uh, they'll, they'll try and like make you look, you know, whatever, whatever. Um, but if you don't, you know, if you do, um, it's like a, it's like getting in with like a loan shark or something. Like if you do push back, right. They'll be like, Oh, I'm sorry. You know, oh, I respect it. Right. They'll put on an yeah. act about, um, respecting your boundary and then give you a moment to cool off and then try and be friendly with you again, right? Like give you a little bit of a carrot. Um, and then they'll go right back to like the next week. They'll go back to pushing your boundary and just little by little they chip away. And then where they like really get you is that at some point they'll try and hook you and be like, hey, I, you know, like they'll try and bring you into their circle, right? And they act like you're doing, a, they're doing you a favor. When really what they want is something from you. In this case, they want a floor. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then that's when you're almost like starting to get in too deep, yep. right? If you start to lose your other circle of friends, like this one person I had in mind, like that's his entire social circle. If he says, fuck you to those guys, I don't know if he has uh, other yeah, friends. There is that fear right? of loss so aversion a big deal for a for lot of people. Yeah. Exa- yeah. And, and that's when, when you try and push back, you start to get pounded on even harder. Right. They want to enforce uh, and, and like make it very clear you're going to play your role. And if you don't play your role, you're out. You're my personal you're hierarchy. You're out or we're going to mm-hmm. hurt you. Right. Yeah, I'm, exactly. I may be exactly. like bottom rung bitch for these white dudes. But when it comes to the three of us, I'm a fucking alpha. Mm-hmm. Right. Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. And so, yeah, it's it's definitely some pushy pussy shit where they make them feel make themselves feel bigger by trying to put somebody down. Yep. Yeah, I think that's Noah and, Smith, and that's, man. And, that's the yeah. vibes that I was getting from him, you know? Because I, I, like I said, I mean, I don't think that this describes most white guys. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't matter because the ratio of white men to Asian men is very high. Yep. And there will always be enough of these fucking guys to find us. Exactly. Especially There's since they seek us out. 
And so, you know, this not all white guy shit doesn't really matter to us. Yeah. Because we're smaller in number. And so even dude, a dude, even if a like, small portion of white dudes are like this, guess what? They're all gonna fucking come our way. No, and and here's you know? the thing too, you gotta realize is like if you're willing to be that guy, that Asian dude that stands up and be like, No, this is bullshit, you become a huge target. Uh-huh. Okay? Like for like, him, uh, you for know, that like one a, guy, for for him or that type yeah. of guy, mm-hmm. right? And sometimes there's a lot of them, especially in engineering. Believe me, there's mm-hmm. a lot of them in a in a professional network uh, Slack, basically, mm-hmm. right? Like I'll push back on sinophobia, mm-hmm. right? And I'll and I'll like like you, Kyle. You know, I said the same things. Like, look, this this results in pain and and fucked up shit for other people, mm-hmm. right? Maybe not me specifically. Mm-hmm. But people that I care yeah. about, people that I know, um, and the moment you're willing to take a stand, they will like they'll just come at you, dude. They'll ping me, right? They'll be like, "Hey, what do you think about this? What about this new evidence? <laughs> what about this you know, new oh, evidence? You, you made your claim about this. What do you think about this article? I'm just curious. I want to know your oh thoughts. No, like." Like fuck you! You don't want to know my thoughts. It's it's clearly just looking for. An- this is the scary part. It's bait, John. About what you're saying, as, as I'm hearing you say this, is it makes me feel like our national like decay, mm-hmm. our decline. Mm-hmm. It is making more of these white guys than ever before. I think so. It, the whole yeah. country I, I- is turning into Detroit in the '80s. I think so. Absolutely. I have to go. Okay. But I just want to say one thing, just to further punctuate yeah. that. Um, one of my last companies, I remember, uh, I think Crazy Rich Asians. Crazy Rich Asians was mm-hmm. coming out, right? And I was talking to a coworker about it, right? And then this one dude decides, like, I don't know, like from across the fucking room, decides to interject and uh, and I don't, I don't even remember what, but... It was something about geopolitics relating to China, right? And uh, and I was like, oh, okay, like that's cool, you know. And then I tried to go back to the conversation I was having with my coworker, and he's like, hey, anytime you want oh to talk about God. China or geopolitics, I'm all about it. And I was just, I was just like, that's cool. I'm not interested <laughs> in it at all. Good. And then I just went back to talking nice. to my coworker anyway about CRA, nice. right? But like, that's that's the type of dude that. I don't know what to call them, but th- those those guys really, uh, I've had enough of them. Anyway, I have hey man, to go. it was good. Thanks um, for thanks for taking time out on your that, uh, but... vacation, man. Go go have a good dinner. Or yeah, thank you. Yeah, it is about dinner yeah. time. But um, yeah, enjoy the conversation. Uh, maybe I don't know. Maybe you guys will keep on going. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll, uh, we'll, but, we'll stay uh, on. And close it out. Sure. All right, man. See you. All right. Take care. Good chat. Bye. Yeah. Too. So I think, uh, man, I like I I was talking about. We were talking about this, and I was like, the Detroit – I mean, Detroit – you know what's funny is I had actually wanted to do a podcast about Asians from Michigan. Okay. Because uh, actually, like, the first time I ever got involved – like, I wasn't very involved in, like, online shit, like, at all. Like, I'm not, like, an activist or sure any of that. But uh, I – my thing was – I was just telling my girlfriend about this the other day. I was like, when I was – when I went online to Reddit – for the first time, like Reddit was actually a pretty cool place. Like it, yeah. it wasn't. You talking about like two thousand eight, two thousand nine? Uh, yes, yeah, yes, a uh, little bit. Like yeah, two thousand. Uh, 
even in law school. So maybe like even earlier, like 2004, okay. 2005. And then uh, it got shitty because like Dig, if you remember. Yeah, like, yeah I remember the Dig thing. They <laughs> fucked up how they ran their content and then people yeah. migrated to, to Reddit. Yes. So, every, so Reddit got fucked. And I noticed that um, it was harder for me to have collegial interactions on Reddit because I would he- see people constantly busting out stupid Asian insults. You know, I, I'm going to say that, like, that was the number one reason why I fucking stopped looking at that fucking hell site by yeah. about 2011. I just noticed the casual racism towards Asian people and the sort yeah. of upvote counts that that got. I was like, yeah. this place is fucking sick. Yeah, it was really fucking horrible. And then, um, but I would push back. Yeah, I would push back on it. And mm-hmm. the second I pushed back on it, I was the asshole. Yep. <laughs> right? Yep. yep. The guy who did it is now a fucking hero. He's a hero because like, he told Jesus. the truth. Yeah, I was like, wow. Or he was just like, hey, man, I'm just I'm just having a good time. You're being I'm just asking dick. questions. Yeah. <laughs> just, uh, yeah. Is it wrong to ask questions? <laughs> when did we... Uh, stop rewarding curiosity. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> and so I, I was like, this is not acceptable. And, yeah. uh, and it, it's just normalized in English online discourse. Like this is just a standard figure that people accept and are not like, wow, that's pretty fucked up, man. Yeah. And so when I first started uh, uh, doing like pods and shit, because I was like, yo, people have to talk about this, right? Yeah. Like, we've got to figure some shit out. I don't know what the answers are. But we should get people and just let's brainstorm yeah, let's some talk shit. About it. Let's think it's, about it because a lot of this shit hasn't been articulated. Yeah, we don't even understand what's going on. And I just see a lot of fucking people just taking it and taking it. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know how much more people can take of this shit before we're just like, man, I fucking quit. I'm not I am not going to be a part of the online world. I'm not going to be a part of the uh, professional world. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to retreat. Yeah, is what I've seen. And I'm like, that's not I've, I've known some people good. that have done that, too. And it's just like yeah. I see that as like a case study in my mind. And I'm like, mm-hmm. well, damn, like I don't want more and more people to end up like that when they don't have to have their life end up like that yeah. just because they were socially pressured to feel a certain way about themselves. So I was t- there was this guy, Albert Herr. I don't know if you know that name, but he grew no, up. In mi- so Albert Herr was this dude who had like a cult following among like. Asian guys on places like our Asian masculinity and like oh, okay. our Asian identity. Sure. He was like he was like a fucking folk hero among these people. And I was like, okay. who is this person? Sure. Uh and so he started DMing and sh- uh, the you know the whatever they call it on Reddit. The, the I think they yeah. were called DMs on Reddit as well. I think so. And uh he was from Michigan. And yeah, is was he Hmong? No, no, he was Korean. Oh, oh, the H U R her. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he was Korean and he would tell me about growing up there. And I was like, yeah, that was my deep South, man. I was always scared of Detroit, you know, uh, because of the Vincent Chin stories. And he kind of corroborated for me, um, that that was a really fucking hard place. He said also that, um, the only real allies that he could depend on often were black guys. Yep. Um, and so he had a very interesting, uh, sort of like kinship with like black dudes that I've never, rare, I've rarely seen hmm. among other Asian Americans, um, uh, from other places. And you yeah. would think like, oh, it would be the Asians from like New York or like sure. Los Angeles or, you know, that would develop, you know, oh, the urban thing. Yeah. No, just sort of like really. proximity sort of thing. Yep. The assumptions no. of proximity. <laughs> not really. Right. East Coast, West yeah. Coast Asians, I thought were pretty insular. 
Yeah. Uh, but it, these uh, Michigan guys were just more, um, you know, I guess they couldn't really fall back into that comfort zone. They had to, they had yeah. to figure it out. Yeah, because I, I think of, like, my own life, and I think of other people that I know from Michigan that grew up Asian in the metro Detroit area, or even on, like, the west side of the state, which is way worse, because it's fucking basically owned by the DeVos family. Um, oh, Jesus. <laughs> um no, it's funny. Like Amway fucking basically owns Grand Rapids, Michigan. Fucking hellhole. Don't go there. Um, it sounds so nice too. Uh, well, it's nice for white people, but uh, mm. I I don't really like going there. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, I I'd say that like a lot of the Asian guys that I know that had trouble with race in places where there weren't a lot of Asian people mm-hmm. found kinship with anyone they could that wasn't just like your typical hegemonic white person. Uh, Mm -hmm. Like for me, it wasn't it wasn't uh, black people because I didn't really have any like black students at my school. But I guess the closest thing to a minority group or like clique that I associated with a lot in high school to kind of protect myself and to also communicate the message. Hey, I'm not just someone you can just fuck with was I hung out with a lot of Eastern European and Middle Eastern immigrants. Yeah. okay. Um, Chaldeans in particular. So shout out to Luis. He was like. It's funny. So this Chaldean guy just is a quick story in terms of like the level of understanding that he had uh, as a stranger approaching me like <laughs> in 10th grade when like I was into like Japanese music, like J-pop and like K-pop. Like I didn't have any expectations that anyone I knew from school would know about any of that. But this one fucking new Chaldean guy in 10th grade. He came up to me when I was at a computer watching music videos. And New- I was wa- Wait, so is that like Pacific Islands? New- Where is that? Uh, Chaldeans? Yeah. Yeah, so to give a little context, it's sort of like Chaldeans are kind of an obscure ethnic group, but they have traditionally been refugees from Iraq who are Catholic. Um, oh, okay, okay. And they've settled in Detroit and they've settled yeah. in like the LA area. Those are pretty much the only two places where they are. So it's kind of like gotcha. you either okay. know them or you don't. Okay. Um, and yeah, that's kind right. of what's cool about like growing up in the Detroit area is like yeah. ethnic groups like that that not a lot of people know about. And you find out that they've got all kinds of cool experiences and mm-hmm. all kinds of ways of approaching life because of the wild shit they've had to deal with. Um, yeah. Like he came up to me and was like, hey, do you like Utada Hikaru? And I was like, what the fuck? Like, this guy had, like, a beard, and he was 14, and he looked really hard. And he asked me about it. That was one of the most, that was one of the best pleasant surprises I've ever had in my life. He is a lifelong yeah. friend to this day. And wow. it's sort of like, uh-huh. when it comes to, like, you he know, two young He was a window into dudes, the bigger world. Exactly. Way, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So he came, yeah. he moved from Madison Heights, which was sort of like a working class area that like white flight had hit and basically only immigrants and black people lived there. Um, so he 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 knew the world a little bit better. So when he came to Macomb, Michigan, it was like, damn, these people are different. Like they don't even fucking go outside in their neighborhood to say hello to their neighbors type shit. They're mm. just like fucking calling the cops on each other and stuff. And mm. he was just like, wow, this is way different. And like, that's how we made that connection. I could tell that there was something different about his perspective that was going to make more charitable assumptions about me and like anything that would have been treated as weird or foreign or unusual by anyone else. Mm-hmm. He was just like, hey, that's cool. And mm-hmm. so that, I think, gave me a lot of faith that I could form relationships with people that would treat me with a sort of respect that I was hoping for, but hadn't really experienced very much. So that was that was a very cool experience for me. Yeah. You know, I think like guys like uh, 
the Noah Smiths. Like, here's the thing is like, I do think that they're, they're searching for like, uh, a friend group that is akin to what you're talking about, the sort of yep. leftovers. Yep. And I've, you know, I've always liked the leftovers. I, we were, I was talking to my plan A friends about this and I was like, when I was yeah. younger, like in high school, yeah. I loved being at the leftover table. Uh, so I was like, it was, it wasn't really because I was Asian. My school was pretty Asian, but it was because, sure. um, I was new to the school. Okay. And, uh, the cool thing about the leftover table was that they were a lot more independent, these kids. A lot of them were there. Is volu- how I would describe it. They were voluntarily there. Yep. And I was hanging out with them because I didn't like the rest of the high school. I, it was boring to me, right? So, yeah. It seems that was like the fun in table. environments like that, it's like associations out of fear rather than being like, hey, yo, we really fuck with each other, really understand each other. Uh, we yeah. will fucking like do anything for each other type stuff. Yeah, and it was exa- yeah, and I think uh, you know it wasn't like I mean I was lucky enough that in my high school like it, we weren't living under conditions of violence or anything like that you know like sure. threat of violence at school uh, or even really any like nasty social interaction. It was like a pretty nice school. Like people were cool, you know, they were nice, mm-hmm. um, and so I've always liked the sort of leftover, so to speak, table. Um, but I think like with guys like Noah, they're they're like living under conditions of like this fear because he just doesn't seem like a confident person. You know, that's actually something that I'm like, I kind of wonder about that myself because there is a sort of arrogance that's there. And there's also like an insecurity boiling underneath that's sort of like unsure of how things are going to turn out on the basis of how he conducts himself. He fronts a lot. I mean, he fronts a lot as if he's, uh, you know, very confident or whatever. But it's very obvious that he's, to me anyway, that he's like a sort of nervous. There's something about so there's something about like him having a lot of spare time, uh, where like I don't know. I think like a symptom of a deep insecurity is he's trying to reach out to just random strangers online when like. I mean, he's a, he's a, he's, he presents himself as like a pretty extroverted person that's pretty chill. But like, if that's truly the case, then why is he spending all of this time trying to ingratiate himself with people that like never even fucking thought about him or cared about him on a fucking website? I don't understand that. Yeah. I'm like, dude, you're a, you're, you're an opinion writer for Bloomberg and you're just like, you have more important shit to do. My account is not my professional account. My account is like a is a is like a shit poster account. Yeah. Okay. Same. My, my my handle online is MR Asian. Okay. Yeah. No, exactly. <laughs> like, like, how seriously, seriously can you be taking this shit? Yeah, like I'm there for the shits and giggles, okay? So the fact that he's DMing with me, I'm like, why are you at the leftover table? Yeah. Why what, are, you, what are here? you doing here? What do you want what do you want from this place? And I think that he believes that this is what what's starting to make sense for me. Is okay. like he believes that the leftover table where the where the weird Asian people are with their weird yep. little with their weird little tanky thoughts. Their yeah. little their you know, he thinks it's the table where the, the like we had like or wear fucking mascara and shit and we uh or emo and you know uh and, and actually you know what? When it when it comes to t- talking about that sort of energy, like he has always really liked he, he's always been drawn to people or, like, media that has characters with energy like that. Like, his favorite movie is Slacker by Linklater. 
And like he just really identifies with sort of like society's not necessarily like outcasts, uh, but just like people that are part of subcultures or have sensibilities that are seen as like strange in some way. I mean, I think there are people who, because of their weirdness, they can't fit into like the mainstream place that they're supposed to. And they know that about themselves. Sure. So they start fashioning themselves as being able to like have a different life within a different stratum. Damn. You know? you know, I feel like I noticed that a lot with like really insecure white kids when I was in like middle school and high school. Yeah. And I, it's it's just really jarring to feel that same energy when we're fucking grown ass adults with like jobs and responsibilities. And I still detect that palpable energy from people. Yeah, it's like, it's dude, weird do you have better I, shit to do with your time and energy. I, I think what's going on is that they have like this fantasy ideal wor- person that they would like to be. Yep. Among like the white people or whatever. Yep. The blue check crowd. I don't know. Maybe it's not white. It's just like the, you know, like notable personalities in society type thing. Yeah, but it's going to be like a white dominated thing, especially sure. if you want to make it in the, that media, you know, that yeah, kind of thing. Absolutely. And I think what happens is that they don't because they don't have the confidence to project the kind of necessary energy to be uh, a star in that yep. in that field. They like come and slum it with the uh yes. with, with the loser table yes and so that they can just get a pra- feeling of yeah, like no, that, yeah, what, that's should what, i you know it's like we're we're shit. the fucking like uh green room for him yeah you know what i mean yeah absolutely and so he and so he probably likes the asian guys in a way cuz it's like oh you know but i bet they're the smartest of the losers you know like, no i i think i think that's it i think that's it yeah. i really do think that's it now that you're sort of talking this out that yeah. makes sense to me yeah yeah and i was getting these vibes and i'm like you know here's the thing that i uh it's a challenge i think to the way i think about stuff because his view of this is very hierarchical and it's like why would like you guys are the losers i'm trying to get with the winners i need to i need to push off of you or whatever and i'm like dude do you understand that like in life like like not everyone is still stuck in fucking high school man exactly i mean if anything i found that a majority of people that i'm finding in like the sort of like aspirational spaces i find myself in in my 30s like people just don't fucking do that because the only way they got there was not fixating on dumb shit like that yeah yeah uh that's why he thinks he's in senior year of college or high school yeah it's like dude you're a grown-ass adult man like fucking you know mature please and you know you know i i think when we're talking about this phenomenon i think when it comes to the most important lessons that i've internalized in my own life just to feel more fulfilled or like just a generally decent person Mm. is that recognition that a lot of people operate socially with having some sort of tacit assumed hierarchy in their minds and they're always placing people on it and making it obvious that they are um and i feel like I really, truly understood what it was like to not be under those social conditions when I studied abroad in Japan. And like there were a lot of different people from a lot of different countries in that program that I was in. And I was shocked at how no one in that program was trying to like front as being cooler than they were or like trying to um, be aloof 
Did they seem like kind of wholesome? Wholesome <laughs> like, is what yeah. I was. I was, um, I was wildly like organic surprised. People, they had like nutrients there, in them. <laughs> there, there was like no underhanded intention yeah. to try and like pull the rug out from someone that I had been used to in high school and college. Mm-hmm. And and once I had like a year or two of being around people like that, like I can't go back to just perceiving everyone in a hierarchy and treating them accordingly because like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just I if I've experienced it and I think that's one of the most fucking insulting things, I'm not going to fucking do that to someone else. And, you know, for people sure. like Noah Smith, they never learn that lesson because that is just uh, an intractable assumption they make for their entire lives. I think because when you have such a dim view of the world and you're yeah. such a fearful, you know, a colic kind of baby man, <laughs> uh you know, still deeply, you're just like crying on the inside, you know? Yeah. Uh, I think that that in general, it is a fearful type of personality and that they're just, it's, it's kill or be killed. Yeah. And kill or be killed is just that you can only ever be the killer or the killed. And so it's a very dominant or submissive uh, binary for them. Like yeah. when you see a new person, I'm either going to be the dominant one or I'm going to be the bitch. Yeah. And I think that's why he likes finding Asian dudes, because he wants yeah. to be the dominant one. He does. And this is another thing that I think, you know, maybe Asian women understand about white men that we also understand, but in a different mm-hmm. context, sure. is that need to dominate. That need to dominate. That need Absolutely. to dominate. Absolutely. Right? And, and the wh- way they cajole it from you. It's not like they walk up to you and then grab your head and stuff you in a fuck, you know, then it's like, <laughs> fuck off. Like, I'm going to kill you, you know? Yeah, no, They can't exactly. do that. But it's like a sort of more subtle grooming it's, of like yeah, a... Yeah, you know, I would, I would say the model that perfectly sort of, uh, that this whole phenomenon aligns with is that notion of grooming it's slow it's gradual mm-hmm. uh any feelings of discomfort sort of uh increase over time rather than being a sudden occurrence type thing yeah so yeah it, it, it's it's very it's very insidious in that way yeah do you know andre domis uh retweeted Dude, i got so andre domis i gotta say that he's probably my most favorite follow on twitter right now when it yeah, comes he's to fucking- balancing like being a rigorous smart dude and also being funny and not whack and it's very difficult to strike that balance you know what's really interesting about andre is apparently he was like a total straight-laced like down the middle liberal like he like a he was like a a trudeau fan and everything like up until 2015 or 2016 like he was yeah he was like a wealth manager (laughs) Wow, okay, yeah. <laughs> you know, he worked in, like, the securities industry and stuff. It's very interesting. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that this is, like, a ripe topic that I don't think, like, you, we can – it's, like, su- it's a, such an underserved fucking topic. Absolutely. I don't know why. Uh, it, you know, and, and I think back to, like, the last time I saw it in Harold and Kumar, mm-hmm. and I'm like, when was the last time they showed the Asian guy being – like like an honest portrayal of the Asian guy getting taken advantage of, but that wasn't just okay. Like I've seen it yeah. in um fucking what's that movie? Uh The Big Short. Yeah, yeah, the Big Short, yep. Okay, there's a scene where, you know, he has his little Asian lackey come in and yep. you know, he's on and I'm like, okay, it's funny because everyone knows that that happens. It's we recognize it, but yep. then you just leave it at that level of like, well, that guy will just suffer in hell forever. Yeah, okay, it's next, the side you know, gag. 
Yeah, like, fuck him, right? And then, uh, so I've seen it a couple times. Uh, it happened in, um, Billions, same fucking thing. There was, uh, there was, like, um, what was it, Westworld? There was, like, an Asian dude that all he did was ever get was, like, abused. Yeah. There was an Asian guy in Entourage that would get fucking abused. You know, I mean, and this goes back a long way to the fucking, um, you know, the plane, the plane, that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and the, you know, the Asian bottom bitch, you know? Yeah, exactly. Uh, odd job. You know, there's always like oh an Asian God, yeah. butler, you know? Yeah. Like, all these fucking loser white dudes want an Asian butler. They want an yeah. Asian male bitch. Yeah. You know? I, they don't, like, and and how many Asian dudes have had this happen to them without mm-hmm. really putting the dots together as to what the motivation of these motherfuckers are? Because it should be pretty obvious, I think, yep. given the history of it. And I, I think it speaks to what you've said before about like this hesitance to racialize whiteness in order to take the high ground and be fair to other human beings, even if they're acting wild. And even if it's like a phenomenon that's happening across like a wide swath of these people where you can start making assumptions and say, Hey, maybe there's like this quality in a good number of these people. It's not just like an individual flaw. There's something cultural or there's something that's, uh, there's some sort of coddling of, of the white mind that allows for that, that yeah. like I definitely would never have the ability to develop. You know, like a fucking like Celeste Ang type, like they makes me they, sick. She she in public will say that that kind of like just stay high shit. She's always just like, you know, says all the right shit and sounds very like high minded and all this stuff. Yeah. And then the, the, her fucking like DMs come out. Yeah, the and fucking group chat. Yeah, and you're like, this person is a fucking psychopath. Yeah, a fucking psychopathic liar who, if they have any relationships at all in their life, they're definitely not on the basis of, like, mutual respect and, like, appreciation for contributions uh, emotionally in people's lives. It's all purely transactional and status-based. And exploitative. Yeah. And just gross. I'm like, none of that chat ring genuine at all it just all of it was like this sounds like crazy people talking yep you know uh it was fucked up and i think that the people who are always telling us to be like high-minded and to not mm-hmm. engage you know it the answer to racism isn't more racism i'm like i'm not being a fucking racist i'm just trying to like i'm just telling you that this is what white people are like you know what i mean yeah it's not I'm, racist. I'm, I'm That's just, just identifying observ- my just observing reality yeah. yeah fuck you and i think that the, this notion that we should extend uh always be like on our best behavior around everyone i'm like don't no dude that's that takes effort on my part yeah okay uh that has carries a cost for me so i've got to get something in return like absolutely if i'm gonna be decent human being i've got to like check i've got to overlook a lot of fucked up shit that the other person is doing right exactly okay so why should i do that if the other person isn't meeting me halfway yep right so I just this always go high shit. This when they go low, we go high. I'm like, fuck you. Uh, you know what? No, I, I, I do have to that. say that like at this point, like I completely dismiss people like that because I find that, you know, the Celesting phenomenon where they say that in their public sort of persona in comparison to what they're like in private and in their personal relationships, it's just like you have no right to fucking speak on this at all because you're only doing this for presenting yourself as a respectable person and it has nothing to do with how you actually carry out 
your ideology or how you live your life because you're you're fucking doing weasel shit like bringing in like the legal system in like some small interpersonal conflict just just real yeah. underhanded dirty dog shit yeah which is by the way here's here's how i feel about that is like look i'm not totally against dirty dog shit right yeah i'm just saying that you can't do dirty dog shit, but then go in public and say no one else. No, exactly. Can do this exactly. Okay? So you, do your dirty dog shit. I, that's fine. Just, with just me. be transparent. Be honest, yeah. because then that way but, I know your motivations better, and I can be like, I can fuck with that. Yeah, but don't act like a fucking saint in public yeah. and tell everyone that you're like the embodiment of '60s and '70s radical Asian American activism. Yeah. I'm like, you don't know <laughs> the first fucking thing about what Yuri Kochiyama actually said. You know, yeah. you know how I know this. I myself am not comfortable with what she said all the time. Okay, all mm-hmm. right. Like I, I am not totally. I, and they call me a tanky, right? Mm-hmm. Like I see some of the shit that she says, and I'm like. Oh, you're a fan of Osama bin Laden. I got to No, yeah, yeah. That, 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 was, that was one thing I'm I was surprised say, by, by the way. I was yeah, surprised by gonna, that. I'm not going to cancel her for that, but yeah. I just need a little bit of time to chew on that yeah, one. I, I, think, yeah, I, I think I'm in the exact same place. You know, I, I feel like I generally identify as a leftist, but there's a lot of things from radical figures that I'm still trying to reconcile in my own mind because of how I've been conditioned. You know, yeah. uh, in, in some objective manner, if I had a bigger brain and more experience, maybe I would be able to integrate it more naturally into myself or be like, okay, yeah, yeah, that totally makes sense. I got you. But there's still a lot of discomfort and hesitance in myself because I feel like I need to explore it more. And I'll be honest about that. I'm not going to fucking be like, well, I, I fucking have these definitive decisions made in my mind when, you know, I'm still learning. I'm a student of this shit. Well, no, and also I can't just accept your word for it. I have to do an independent uh, assessment here because there's no guarantee that you're right. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, where's yeah. the guarantee? Who are you? You know, uh, you're telling me this with passion, yep. but every time I disagree with you, you're fucking yelling at me and attacking me personally. So I'm not really trusting you right now. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Um, I'm probably kind of guilty of that myself now that I think about it. I probably do that to people. <laughs> uh, well, you <laughs> haven't done it to me, so I'm cool with it. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, unexplored topic. I think we should, like, you know, do more of these style of pods because I think um, – I think that I admire Asian women a lot for talking about this with respect to their own lives. Yep. Because you do have to relay mistakes that you made. Like the mistakes that I made working at that racist company. And I have to relay sort of embarrassing lessons that other Asian people had to teach me. Like that senior options trader from Citibank who told me that I had internalized a lot of the racist behavior or normalized a lot of the racist behavior and that I need to rethink that. Mm -hmm. So you, you know, it's like, I'm glad he told me that I'm glad that guy fucking took 15 minutes to sit me down and check me on my shit. You know, that was, he could could have just been like, well, that sucks, but I don't want to deal with talking about it. The fact that he took the time out and potentially put himself in a very uncomfortable conversation. I respect that. Very, yeah, very. And it wasn't uncomfortable. I thought he, you know, he handled it very well in a way that, he wasn't, you know, he was just like, dude, I think you've been here too long. He didn't, <laughs> yeah. he, he wasn't attacking me. He's like, I just think you've been here too long, you know? Um, but yeah, I mean, like, I, I admire the way Asian women have talked about the way that their interactions with white men, uh, white women, I think is a different topic. Yeah. Um, it can, I think that's a it, whole separate thing. It has this component to it, but there is a whole other component to it that makes it 
complicated as well. Complicated. And we should talk about that sometime. Absolutely. But, uh, with white men, I think, um, you know, you know, a lot of it is just like talking about, fuck, yeah, I got taken in by this guy. This guy tried to be my friend and shit, and I was cool with it, and it turned out he's a complete fucking dildo. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's why I, that's why I, the, like the stuff you're saying about Asian women talking about mistakes that they've made in the past and things they've learned that resonates with me. Cause that would, that's, yeah. that's part of this fucking conversation. I feel like I still occasionally just, I'm, I'm doing my work or just like eating dinner or something. And I fucking think about it. Like, God damn it. Why the fuck did I associate with Noah Smith? <laughs> and, and so yeah. the only way I can really like grieve that and heal from that is be like, yo, he fucking did some fucked up shit and I got to tell people. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I thought we did a pretty good job of psychologically dismantling or or typifying these guys. Yeah, I, I hope I hope for people identifying who to that's and helpful. naming the problem and understand what they're, if you understand what they're trying to do. Yep, it protects you from everything, right? It gives because you, it gives you an option of dis, it gives you options to make decisions that will address whatever is bothering you from people like this. And it gives you power over him because you can predict what they want. Exactly. You, they, you, you know, know the you trajectory predict. of where things yeah. are going to go. Yeah. So, and maybe the, if you understood that, uh, you know, then you can, you can save yourself a lot of fucking time because you and I have gone through situations that probably shaved years off our lives. Yeah. Um, that we probably should have just, you know, had we known better. Yeah. Would have just walked away. You know, yeah, just walked away. Right. So, yeah. Cool. Cool. Really awesome. Uh, Really enjoyed that talk, man. Um, uh, so, we'll, where were we at? Like an hour 45? Yeah, we're at like hour 45. Damn, all right. Uh, good, good. All right, well, that is the episode for this week. We'll be back next week with a free one. And, um, you know, if you like the episode, rate us on... Well, this is housekeeping. Uh, you're supposed to rate us. Uh, it, 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 it is good for the podcast, I think. Uh, and subscribe to the Patreon if you want to support the uh, Asian American Writers Fund, where we're trying to pay people for their writing because we don't want to do it ourselves. Awesome All right, stuff. Man. All right. See you, man. All right. Thank you, you so much. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely.